0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode number five of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Uh, Thank you very much, guys, for listening. The reception from the last few podcasts, in particular, Orla's, and the New Year, New Me podcast has been amazing. The messages coming through Instagram and messages through my clients and stuff like that has been amazing. Uh, This week, I kind of set myself a challenge to kind of set out and get a number of people that I've kind of been following for a while, either via social media or through podcasts, that I've kind of been... Monitoring for a while and looking to kind of get a little bit more information out of, um. And I got about six six responses out of the messages that I I sent out. And one of those guys is Paul Dermody. Uh, for those guys who were not who are unsure of who Paul Dermody is, Paul Dermody is, uh, was a PT based up in Galway. He is good friends with Brian Keane of Brian Keen Fitness. He uh, has been living over in Barcelona as, and doing running his PT business online over there for the last seven months. Initially, he had his own podcast with his girlfriend, Orla. Um, and then Paul and Orla uh, decided that Paul just wanted to do it himself. And then Paul is going to go head back over to Barcelona in a little while big barcelona fan he's been he's had the pleasure of watching leonard messi live all season which is i'm so jealous to, to, to hear about that uh so it's my pleasure to introduce uh, paul dermody on the shane Walsh fitness podcast
1: thank you so much it's quite the introduction shane thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: no worries i'll have to drop in the barcelona part oh man
1: 100 you said that when i was listening back to uh oh he got to see messi i was thinking oh that dick and then i was like oh wait
0: me that's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good thing I, I think I only saw him once I think it was in like the Aviva when Ireland were playing them but like that's like Ireland are pants so like yeah. it's not a comparison it's like playing League of Ireland against uh, Messi so it wouldn't be a fair comparison when you're watching La Liga it's uh, true he, he, he I, I won't bore your audience with football
1: for too much longer but he makes football look stupidly easy when you see it live
0: Oh really? I, I I when I saw him it was kinda like it was one of those friendlies where they didn't seem to be really kinda trying and stuff like that. So when you're playing La Liga I'd say it's completely different kettle of fish. A hundred percent man. he's just, he just
1: one of those people that just seems to make life look effortless. He he when he does to
0: football, I kinda wanna be to life. Just just get by. Just just you know is, it's just th- easy. <laughs> that's pretty good. I wish I wish life was that like that. But uh, we all know it's not so like a couple of, like I've got Paul on the podcast because I've been listening to him for a while on his own and then he's been on Brian's a few times um, and he, 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 a lot of his messages and his kind of uh, thoughts kind of resonate with me and I know it's going to resonate with you guys and kind of dealing with kind of a few of the topics that we're going to talk about is kind of dealing with negative feedback as fuel tips on kind of dealing with kind of anxiety and stuff like that but we're not going to go too bogged down on that if we can then kind of the importance of a strong support network and then getting out of your comfort zone and dealing with insecurity the kind of the, the format will kind of be loose enough there's going to be not really any structure to it bar those kind of little those few little points so it's going to be more of a chat uh so kind of the first one i kind of like to talk about paul is kind of the dealing with negative feedback as fuel i know i had that issue with myself when i was younger i was always told that i wasn't good enough to play football or gaa or not smart enough in school and i kind of it they're not gonna lie it pissed me off and i know i'm not the only one when that happens and i'm kind of listening to david goggins at the minute um and his whole life i'd recommend getting that audiobook or getting the book itself but the audiobook's even better because he kind of half does a podcast half does a um, a book as well and he gets interviewed on it but his his life puts your life into comparison and trying to use that as fuel I don't know what you think on the whole thing Paul have you read or uh, done David Goggins uh, podcast or anything like that
1: no I've heard him actually speak on a couple of podcasts it's funny you mentioned him I, w- I was going to ask you what you thought of him uh, for me you know when you listen to somebody and you just can't relate to their message just because it, it's just I find him almost a touch extreme. Uh, I nearly feel like if we
0: were to hang out, he'd be shouting at me to do push-ups every six minutes. He's very army-orientated. Yeah, and and Brian loves him, and my girlfriend
1: Orla likes him too, and she sometimes listens to him to get fired up, so she wants to do a 10,000-step walk, and she's listening to some lunatic doing a 34-day run that kind of mindset, I, it doesn't hit me as hard, uh, but I think he's incredible, I think he's he's a he's an absolute testament to himself
0: in terms of personal discipline and mastery, but you know when a message doesn't just connect, yeah. I take it you get a lot from him, yeah? Well, I've only I've only started listening to the the audiobook recently, uh, and I, I was listening to it during training today, and I was pushing weights that I never thought I would, it was kind of just one of those things, it was kind of in the zone. I I I never thought like listen to a podcast would do that but it did, did kind of fuel the fire a little bit and it was kind of uh pushed me through cuz I only had like a little while before we came on air and stuff like that so I knew that I had to push through but he kind of really pushed through and I was kind of I was delighted kind of that that was the fuel that to but he, I know he talks about motivation a lot saying that you shouldn't be motivated um which is it it it's, kind of it's kind of it's kind it's a double edged sword almost uh, so it's a weird analogy that he uses when he's kind of talking about kind of that motivation shouldn't be motivation. You kind of you need to almost have an end goal, but that like the yeah. moti- the middle motivation shouldn't be the thing. Like it's weird. It's weird. It's a weird concept that he has, but it, it makes sense. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think it's well. This is what I tell my clients. Um, it's a harsh reality, but motivation's a funny one because to me, uh, when you think motivation, you think kind of like mid flow. You don't think like when I was learning Spanish I wasn't super motivated to start from the scratch like I mean I didn't have a single word I wasn't motivated I got motivated say when I went in and ordered a coffee and she understood and when I like ordered a table in Spanish for a restaurant and she understood that motivated me because I was like that felt good to say something in Spanish and the girl understands me however I wasn't just like waking up and going yes Spanish let's do this and I'm trying to tell that to a lot of my clients where motivation's funny because if you don't do anything you don't get motivated and if you don't do anything you technically don't deserve the results that you're down about not having and it's a harsh reality and you talked about using negative feedback at the start and i'm a big fan of offering constructive input which could be construed as negative feedback and one of the most profound uh, profound I guess is a bit deep but one of the best pieces of feedback I've gotten the best um, trends I've observed is those who observe negative input or constructive criticism well tend to do better so when I challenge an overweight person like really let really like how much do your actions really really deserve you know what you actually tell them you want and some people get very defensive about it you know I don't have time I don't have time I'm busy and, and that's fine like if you really believe you don't have time and you're going to stay away because of that that's on you but other people start to think oh yeah shit. you know what you're right i'm not motivated because i haven't actually done anything and because i haven't done anything i haven't got the outcome i want and i want pointlessly down on myself thinking it's the motivation i lack but it's it's actually a little bit of the discipline and the desire to start so when you say goggins like i fully agree with his message but
0: I feel he wants people to, to do 4,000 push a 32 mile run. I yeah, just he's the other extreme. Seven. He's the other extreme. So it might resonate with someone who could be like a long distance runner or something like that, but it may not resonate with Mary or somebody down the road who literally just wants to use the five pounds. Exactly. And
1: that, that's just my two cents on it. But like, I mean, Goggins doesn't give a shit what I think. Like, he's a
0: beast. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. And like, I know we're kind of saying we're kind of dealing with the negative feedback as fuel and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things that kind of is coming up more and more is kind of through the social, the power of social media or the, the kind of the evil that is social media is that more and more people are kind of getting abused and stuff like that. I know uh, Siobhan O'Hagan is OH Fitness is kind of she was getting trolled for ages um, on social media and that wasn't very nice. And it's also happening at kind of younger ages and teenagers in school. So I, I generally myself, I particularly wouldn't like to be growing up as a teenager and adolescent in this in this era almost. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there and it's not very friendly, it's not very nice, but have you got any experience of kind of bullying around like that yourself from when you were growing up or anything like younger like that? Uh, yes, but
1: just a, it's something more so that I probably held on to more when I think about it than bullying. When I think bullying I think someone whose life was made hell. Mine wasn't made hell. It was just it was sporadically made difficult by a group of you know, dickheads that were in my class. Uh, there was one comment in particular that I held on to when I was 15. I put it into a blog post before. Uh, by my standards, it kind of went half viral in terms of like 2,000 shares, which is quite a lot. That's just um, a lot. But it was a comment I held on to at 15 that I think distorted body image. Like we, we as a fitness industry, we're very quick to talk about body dysmorphia and, and, and anorexia in the fitness industry. And it's very much rife. Mine wasn't fitness industry related. Mine was direct comment that I held on to and just... Um, a lot of the behaviors in myself came, and I'm not even just saying this, I think they directly or indirectly came as a result of that comment. It wasn't until I got into my mid-20s that I that I stopped and thought, hang on, how, how much of the behaviors you actually do towards yourself promote becoming the person you want to become? You want to be this strong, confident, in shape, secure, and very clearly secure young man, and yet you're not. Like, why? And I thought it because I held on to a comment that I might be seen as fat or out of shape or not, not what a man should be uh, in terms of a stereotypical man. And then it's funny because it's stupid because I can't change a light bulb. I don't think I ever have. And yet I'm emotionally strong as fuck. Is that how a man's supposed to be? So then I started to question every, every bias I've ever held ever in my life. And I've been doing this systematically for the last four years Uh, just just literally thoughts that I would have held, and I've started to, what I've I've found is the the key, I've let go, not of every belief I've had, but I've let go of any attachment to any belief I've had. So now you, it is like, it's the mark of an intelligent man to entertain a thought without accepting it. So if you ever hear me cling to or disregard a thought or two seconds, know that i have fucked up with that point because I actually haven't thought about it. So for me uh, in terms of dealing with negativity growing up yes that 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 little bit hurt me and that hurt me deep for years and years but it was on me because i didn't let go of it and i didn't deal with the root of it and like nobody's going to save us unfortunately as true as that is uh, on social media i've had a few negative um pieces i've had a few like really tedious inbox messages but i've met two of those people in person in galway and both didn't have the bollocks so much as look up and make eye contact when we walk by in the street which is just a direct direct metaphor for everything in life everybody's brave behind the other side of a keyboard but nobody has the cojones to say something to your face because a keyboard warrior is just another loser that can't get theirs and is just projecting their insecurity onto somebody who's doing something and i, I stand heavily by that uh, in terms of Shimano Hagen, was she getting trolled very badly I, I i don't know this
0: do you remember what was the, the name of the one on social media that used to call people out all the time uh, oh,
1: the gym whisper
0: was it? No, oh, um, no, not the gym whisper. Something else. It was some other. Yeah, exactly. It was something like that. And she used to get awful abuse because she's quite friendly with one of the girls I used to work with in CHQ, um, and the amount of abuse she got off that lady kept getting called out all that kind of stuff but i admire siobhan so much her journey from where she was her whole weight loss journey her her outlook on life she's such a nice person she's such a friend for any bully person but she's also she's done the whole get up on stage she's done the weight loss she's done the whole have issues with kind of the mental health side of things and she her, her message is like she knows her message and she's able to portray that and that's I think that's a beautiful thing and she shouldn't be kind of slated for that almost um, and we, like it's as you said kind of those keyboard warriors are kind of it's it, it's demoralizing uh, and it's just not a nice thing to do and I don't I don't understand people's insecurities or mindsets why they'd go go and do that to someone if that makes any sense and I know that's only one example but that's kind of a, a high profile enough. Uh, example to be using anyway
1: Yeah but it's a, it is a great example but um, like, what, what, why are me and you not online
0: trolling chess players right now? It's probably because we don't give a shit about chess, or Exactly. I don't care about chess but I couldn't give a shit Yeah and somebody somewhere
1: cares that Siobhan O'Hagan perceiving, perceived to be doing better than them in life and they for some reason it's an easy target, when someone's doing better than you and they suspect a moment of weakness it's just very easy to try and pull that person down. Um, I, I just honestly subscribe to the theory that you said about really, like, use all feedback and certainly have respect for everybody's opinion to some degree as long as it's coming from good intent. U- ultimately, the message should really come from the family and the few people that know you better. If you, if you have a problem in your life or if there's constructive input, someone's going to pull you aside and go, hey, Shane, guess what? You were a bit of a dickhead last week. You probably shouldn't do that anymore because it's making you look bad. But... Nobody's going to call you out online if they actually give a shit about your well-being and your mentality. Otherwise, although it, it, you know, what, it just says more about them that they have time to project poison and spit their negativity onto other people's page. Like you show me Siobhan in four years, she'll probably have maybe changed career path or role in her career and and be you know whatever she's doing because she's so focused on herself. But you show me a keyboard warrior; they'll be doing the same thing, you know, spitting poison onto the same person who's just trying to make it talking the same negativity probably in the same position they hate And um, i would encourage everybody to truly internalize that when you internalize it then any shit you will get in your life becomes a lot easier to tolerate i don't
0: know if you agree with that no i 100 percent agree with it uh and i think that's amazing i think that's amazing advice to kind of give to anyone out there that is kind of it doesn't matter if they're if you're like uh, have a kind of a nine to five job or if you're just if you're like us who work in the pt world particularly in the pt world like almost, it's everyone's kind of all self centered or not self centered, but they're kind of like they seem to have to have this particular body image, which we spoke about this offline when you've done the shoots as well and i've done the shoots, i kind of thought that that was what i wanted i thought that was what people wanted almost but you said so, something that you said to me when we were all fair it resonated with me it was like mary and joe couldn't give a fuck what you if you have abs or not they just want you to be able to push them for their two sessions a week be able to get them out of their comfort zone a little bit and be able to lose that five or six pounds for that wedding dress or whatever they're looking forward to they couldn't give a shit about abs Yeah, and I I think a lot of us PTs get that philosophy backwards, And, and it's probably part of the
1: process in growing, like most PTs suck at the start because A, they're not that confident, and B, they project all their own insecurity into their physique as opposed to developing mindsets of business and how to actually be a pretty true business person and how to... Do you know what? Here's the thing. If you're anxious about how you look and you need a six-pack by March 31st and you need to be dry, tanned, peeled and everything, it's very, very likely you're going to have some kind of anxiousness or fear towards not looking the part that day and that's the energy you're going to portray and give off and project. But on the flip side, if I now I can only speak for myself because I've done competing in physique and I've done shoots and I get it, um, but if I get overweight i have two clients for example online now documenting their whole weight loss journey i tend to work with a lot of the overweight market and most of my clients would not want to be near social media so they don't allow most of them won't allow me to use them as a story or i say use them i don't mean it like that but you know just document them but two of my clients are one of them has lost 80 pounds in the last four months and has lost 160 coming in on 200 pounds and and both of them had to somehow get the projection that It's okay to be less than perfect. Like, if you need to be secure, the person giving you the information should probably be somewhat secure in themselves. Otherwise, what are you technically buying? Another dais? Like, what are you buying? So, I'm of the philosophy that people don't buy, I think it's Simon Sinek's theory. uh, You know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. I have a concept that I joked about one time on a podcast. And I mean, again, I always joke mini viral, but someone in Australia with about a million followers shared it. No joke. I, I call it don't press the fuck it button i was like mary's not struggling with evidence-based nutrition in regards of how many molecules of hydrogen oxygen in the bloody gram of carbohydrates she's struggling with not pressing the damn fuck it button every time she has a slice of chocolate cake and people thought jesus that that's me and and all of a sudden that post began to get shared and shared and shared and i was like in my mind i was like i'm onto something here um put it onto a podcast started to literally get client referrals off it, just little things like that. And that dawned on me more than ever that people are literally struggling with the empowerment side of things. So everybody is probably trying to diet a hundred times. Everyone and their mother has tried umpteen diets. I don't think that anybody who's come to me is obviously in a good place with their diet because they wouldn't be with me. So it's just more of a case of empowerment. I always joke with the analogy of, hey, you ate a slice of cake, but then you ate the other 10. Does that mean if you spend a tenner that you're gonna just throw a hundred down the shitter? Like what's the story? And um, it starts to get people thinking a little bit better and to get more empowered to, to, to start thinking for themselves.
0: And John, you know I actually forgot what the question was. I ended up talking about two clients and now I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but okay. I, I love that. I, I love that cake. Oh, no, I
1: know what it was. I know what it was. It was Mary and, and Dave down the road. Yeah.
0: yeah. About the abs. Yeah, abs and it, yeah.
1: Exactly. Because any time a client has ever texted me, they've never said, hey, your six pack looks great. They're very much, this is an issue I've had today and how can you help me? And like, honestly, man, I've been I've been a men's physique competitor. I've been, you know, low single digits body fat. I've been all the way up at 18, 19% body fat when I kind of half let myself go in the PT grind. And nobody has commented on anything except for, as you said, when you get a bit gaunt and people actually start to worry about you. But um, other than that, nobody gives a shit at all. When they know how uh, to some degree you're knowledgeable and to a hell of a lot of degree that you truly care and love your job. I mean, it's easy to pop on a podcast and say, I care. But when you can actually prove that, I think is the biggest thing, so Mary and Dave down the road, that's the best advice I think any p t. could get. Nobody gives a shit how you look as long as you do know what you you know the solution to the person you're talking talking to for
0: and you also need like I, one of the things you also need is a bit of empathy i know i, I sometimes sometimes you see some p t s who are kind of wandering around the gym like zombies after kind of the tenth session in a row, and it's very hard to kind of be able to give your 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th client the same attention you gave 1, 2 and 3 and I, I, I found that myself when I was in a previous gym that I was kind of working all hours under the sun and I just found that I wasn't giving my full attention to someone then when I kind of moved to the newer gym that I was able to kind of almost split my day up in half and that was kind of the main reason and I think a lot of the empathy side of things is the biggest thing I don't see if that makes any sense. And that's not that's not a sweeping statement. That's just one of the things I've noticed from from seeing a few things out on either social media or from, from seeing other people out in gyms, not alone the one I work in, but other gyms that I've kind of seen in Dublin area where I've trained and stuff like that is It's kind of the lack of like, I've seen so many PTs, not in our place, but in other places kind of like on their phones. Like I know. get I know. the fuck off able- your phone. I can't get over that when I went to Spain when I went to Spain it was just literally people doing things with terrible technique and then trainers swiping up and down on Facebook like it angers me when I see a, see a PT on their phone I, I I have my I bring a tablet out with me because my programs are on my tablet and I see other PTs have the piece of paper but I also have PTs in their phone but like the phone is just like it's almost like their third arm like they could be looking at anything that client is kind of like they're, they could be opening up to them about a key point about something regarding their nutrition or their digestion or there could be some little secret gem that they kind of said that there was an issue back home or something like that and that's why they're not feeling great today. But they're too busy swiping on Tinder or they're too busy on Instagram, or they're too busy on Facebook and it's just one of those pet peeves that I just needed to vent about. I apologise for that vent.
1: No, oh, no, no. I, I, I agree. I, I actually am one of those people that keeps his programs on his phone. So for me, uh, one of the things I've had to do is make sure I'm very tactful. I try to actually just look at it before the training session. And if, if you only peer out your phone, it's literally after the last set of exercise one onto the next exercise of, you know, but that's literally it. But I completely agree with you. When you're paying somebody a premium fee, I, I'd be furious if somebody was more than you, you can tell because if if a trainer glances down at their phone for half a second they're probably looking at something
0: or when their eyes get glued to the phone they're probably gone a bit past that so yeah and no, i i i want to i don't know how we got onto that tangent i have no idea um
1: yeah i, I think it, i think it is because we both clearly do love well i i like i i see it new you obviously love you you got into
0: personal training because you clearly love training and, and obviously people skills to a degree it's why i'm back doing one-to-one you love the
1: people
0: interaction. Do yeah, like, yeah, 100%. I think I was, one of my clients was kind of asking me today. She was she was finishing up with me after kind of like 16 weeks, but she's going online. And she was going kind to of exchange, like, you know what? She she wrote me a lovely handwritten card. She gave me a book and she gave me a voucher. And I was kind of like, this this is actually what, no, it's not the kind of the, the voucher and the book or whatever. It's kind of like the fact that she's gone to all that effort to write a handwritten card to say thank you and for kind of changing her outlook and like she hadn't been in the gym for years, she'd been dealing with kind of uh, stuff at home and stuff like that and I was kind of like, this actually makes the job worthwhile and I, I would miss that that interaction from from someone being able to get that feedback either via letter or via work, face-to-face or just, yeah, I, I would struggle with not being able to get that. You can get that to some extent with online, but I, I would struggle with the social interaction if that makes any sense.
1: I agree and I and I went online for seven months and and my plan was to build the online service and now that I'm back in Galway I could stay doing online easily and, and happily and yes and yet same as you I'm just like you know what there's a couple hours in the morning I have why not go back and, and, and do the people thing again it, it's 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 cool it's a lot of fun and it's something that I, I actually keep missing a lot with trainers um who think I'll skip the training human beings process and I'll just make a six-figure fortune on online training. And me and you both know that is not the case.
0: It's not It's not, It's not. not as easy. Like, there's a, there's a few things out there that are kind of quick sales, all that kind of stuff. But, like, you look at the guys who are nailing at the top of their game and stuff like that. They've been in it for, like, the eight, nine, ten years. They have the referrals. They have the word of mouth. They have... They've kind of earned their money. They've kind of earned their... Their reputation and that's how they're kind of getting up to those figures and stuff like that. Uh, but they are pushing it hard also on social media. They're pushing it hard in general. But they also have people They could have also have people working in the background for themselves. And like the, there's this picture painted that online is the way to go, and you can be over in Thailand or whatever on the beach doing But you said something offline to, to me about kind of sitting over in kind of Barcelona and stuff. And you're saying yeah, you like it's not all. Roses and all that kind of stuff. It's just very practical for me to, to think, when when you
1: actually think about it, and, and honestly correct me if you don't agree with this statement, but you know when you've been on a holiday and like the morning is great, but you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, but then you go to the beach and you think about what you're going to do for dinner, and then you go for dinner and you think about what you're going to do in the morning, and it's actually, when you stop and think, it's it's tricky to actually be exactly present in what you're doing and like soaking in the sunshine and whatnot. So it, it, it can be tricky to be present without... Being some kind of futuristic thought person that's terrible wording um so when i was there i did i did set aside time to go to the beach on august that was for sure i did because i was new to barcelona i wasn't like look at me i'm on a beach on instagram i was just like i just happen to live beside a beach this is cool um but some days you'd work to do you know if a client wants to call at 3 p.m and we've been booked in the diary you know it doesn't matter how 35 degree-ish it is i have to sit in a room I don't have to. I, I'm now sitting in a room working for my client and taking her calls from Like It's not like, here's your diet plan. Fuck off. It's very much, uh, for me anyway, online coaching, or at least what, what I saw as the gap on the online market was just, just, there's no plan. And I know that sounds really, really weird. And I've had clients message me, or I've had new people message me, go, what do you offer? And I'll just say, like, what do you need? And they're like, well, what do you offer? And I'm like, well, what do you need? And I want to know what they're coming from. Like, I mean, I'm not going to program you, say, you right now, the same way I program uh, a man that needs to lose 200 pounds. So when I was there, my whole thing was get these people, get them to work with me. And if they want to work with me and they like me in the first month, um, get them to work with me for three months and then hopefully they'll be ready to fly the nest. But with that comes literally daily communication, or at least on my end. Um, weekly video calls, and when you've enough clients, you find you're actually working quite a bit. So it's not like a, you're, no, you're lying on a beach in Barcelona. You, you're doing your day's work, or at least I'm trying to do my day's work. You're prioritizing building. You're doing content, and doing my email list, and doing my podcast, all, uh, all, all from like you know a little Spanish apartment, which doesn't necessarily allow the sunshine in. And you find the time in the day then to you know go for a run on the beach or go to the gym, but like it's an hour in your day, and it's what I'd be doing in Ireland, except just in a slightly hotter climate. So. I wouldn't like to paint the picture that it's just like, go online and fly to Barcelona. It's, fly to Barcelona, if you have the chops to be self-employed and work really hard, cool. But more to it than that. And uh, I, I would—I never personally bought into the dream of the six-figure online coach. I think it's really naive and I think it's really silly and I think it's really, I mean, it doesn't exist. And I knew that. I just was like, yeah, well, if I have to work really hard, why not do it in my favorite city in the world where I can just go to the beach on the hour I have off?
0: Yeah, no, I I know I and I admire you for kind of going over it that way and doing it that way and stuff like that. and I I, know, I it, it it's to be admired. Uh, so so fair play, and I know you're gonna you're pla- when you when you plan to go back. Uh, I want to
1: go back in May. My girlfriend's a teacher here, so I want to go back in May for the summer. Um, but I mean, I'm back in Galway now, and I'm settling back in just because the weather. Um, was. Uh, but- I am genuinely just very happy to be back doing one to one training for the time being. I, man, I'm in no rush. There's a I, I'm I met a, you know for all the the stuff I love to listen to, you know, podcasts and audiobooks and really challenging myself. I met a woman in Spain. Uh, She's about forty years old, really really nice woman, and she just said something that hit me deeply. Possibly the deepest thing that I hit there. She. There was a, an angry person on the road, I lived with this lady, and um, there was an angry person on the road and they were beeping, and she just looked at me and she goes, if you ever just stop and think, when you look at an angry person, they're just in a rush to nowhere. In fact, I'd nearly say we're all in a hurry to nowhere, and I remember that now, anytime I'm in a rush, I'm like, well, where am I in such a rush to? Like, it actually helped really well, because I was at the Camp Nou watching Barcelona, and it was the 89th minute, and I was like, okay, will I leave early to beat the crowd? And then I was like, for why? It's seven o'clock on a Sunday. You have nowhere to be. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, stay and watch the end of the game. And it's actually really helped me a lot. Just any time I might get short myself or frustrated, like, dude, you're not in a rush to anywhere. Unless you're literally in a rush to somewhere, and then you just left yourself short in time, and it's also your fault. So either way, it's win-win.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. That's that's so simple. That uh, yeah. that analogy. That's 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 brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, it sounds it sounds almost simple, but it was just something that struck me quite well.
0: It's funny how, like, even when you're just, like, having a normal chat with, like, Mary or John down the road. I hate using Mary and John all the time as examples, but it is Mary and John down the road. That, like, even having a simple, you pick up these little nuggets um, or little tips of gold or whatever from those, from people. Especially, I find when I, especially when I go down to, like, Tipperary, where my mum's from, that when you're talking to, kind of, the older generation, they, like... I love kind of going down there and kind of talking to that kind of generation because they've kind of lived it, if that makes any sense. I know it's a slight, slightly different world from when they grew up, but they like they've lived a life and they've kind of they. Some of them have been over to America, some of them have been over to England to kind of work and stuff like that, and they're back, but they're content with what they have now, uh, yeah. which and they don't care what people think. They're kind of immune to the. They don't even know what Facebook is. They don't know what social media is. And it's just a simpler life, and it's just that we seem to have completely complicated life with all this kind of stuff, and um, which is a little bit concerning. And I don't know how far more we can actually push it, or how the, the, those kind of companies can push it on us, or how we how much more can take over our lives. If that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense,
1: and and I obviously I don't know the answer by any
0: stretch, but they can, <laughs> or that seems. Really oh yeah, that's I know. Yeah, it, it's quite. It, it is quite. Like I love social media, just because
1: it's changed my life. I'd still be working in an office without it, but it is. When you think about it, and you stop and realize, it's scary how far they can take it. But you're so right, man. When I go home and my parents are at home, and they're in their seventies, and 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 they're just. I, to be fair, actually, my parents are both on Facebook. But like, you know, the the te- the telly comes on, and frantically, mom will be like, "Oh, is there any way to tape that so I can watch it later?" like yeah there's a little thing called the internet mother dear so it's just it is funny it's just, it is just—it is very much a simpler life and they tend to have wisdom beyond
0: their years because they haven't put their energy into silly things like facebook statuses and stuff <laughs> yeah it's gas um one of the other topics i was kind of just going to talk to you about was kind of the anxiety thing i know this is kind of one of these things that kind of seems to be out there a good bit at the minute and i know when i got sick back in april 2017 I went fed into kind of a bad place and one of the first things that had happened to me was I was put on to certain meds and I wasn't really happy with being put onto the meds and I found that kind of just simply as going to a counseling session for whatever it was the length of time that I went to still kind of go just to have a, a chat now um fat was a lot better than kind of being put onto those meds i know you kind of you've spoken about it previously in other podcasts and stuff like that about kind of depression anxiety and stuff like that so i'm kind of keen to hear a little bit more and kind of your kind of pointers on that kind of thing um well yeah certainly i mean i'll definitely prefix this part by saying
1: i'm certainly no expert or professional and i think anytime i've talked about it with brian He'd be more vocal about it than me. I tend to more so shy away from this topic just because it's it's quite an in-depth pool. And I have noticed that there's a significant crossfire between unqualified advice versus an anecdote based on a story. And it's a good thing. But I, I agree with you. I, in, in 2015, I went through a very rough time in my own personal life. And it was very difficult. And I found it very hard to handle. And the reason I didn't go and see anyone, not even a counselor or whatever, uh, at the time was because... I was afraid they'd put me on a medication or at least try to, but I knew deep down that there was something else off in life. Like I would live by the philosophy of if I feel low, specifically anxious, I can't talk for depression because depression really is a crippling disease if you're chemically depressed. And I just typically don't have the knowledge base to comment. But when I felt low and when I felt anxious, my questions are, how is your relationships? How's your friendships? How's your job? How's your education? How's your day to day? And if all of those are fine and I'm still a bit low, then maybe it's the time to seek professional help. That's what I would have thought about myself. But at the time I was single and I kind of did crave something more, I guess. I hated my job. I had just come out of the competing scene and I was a bit lost. So I knew that there was something wrong with me as a... In terms of, I knew there was something off with me in a practical, humane sense and not a neurochemical sense. So I was afraid I'd go to a doctor and they put me on a medication that I couldn't not come off unless I was weaned off for years to come. That could literally hamper my ability to live without it. Um, in terms of things like uh, feeling low or feeling anxious, I've just, I can't say this enough. Like in real life, we're starting to have the right conversation about mental health now. And in the era of social media, I'm not sure we know how to do it right because it's certainly just an observation i think some people tell the story very well and then i think some people put out the story where i think they intend to do it well but they don't quite they don't portray it in such a way and then it gets looked upon as attention seeking i'm not accusing people of that but i i don't think we know how to regulate this conversation with the social media media era as carefully as perhaps it should be um which is why for me i think the value of your network is absolutely crucial I'm fortunate. I always do think that one of the things I've, I've been blessed with is I think I'm a great judge of character. Or else I'm st- stupidly deluded and ignorant, but either way, I live in bliss because of it. But genuinely speaking, I think I'm a quite good judge of character. So I'm very good at seeing the intent behind a person and a person's intentions. And like, in the last couple of years now, really, since I opened my horizons, I've seen a lot of passive negative remarks to me and to others from people where it stings and I'm like, oh, that wasn't meant out of love or care. That's someone projecting poison. You need to catch that shit. Now I can catch it heartbeat and I can can do it a mile away. I can see it a mile away. I've had two or three people in the last couple of years try and pass it on to me. I won't accept it. I know what it is. But similarly, I have my girlfriend Orla. I have a couple of best friends and I have my parents and my family who, if they lay something down to me, I don't want to hear, it's probably right. And if it's probably right and I don't want to hear it, it's probably debilitating me in that moment. So anytime, and there's a great example, me and my sister think very differently. Hell, me and my girlfriend think very differently and me and Brian think very differently. So if they give me constructive input and I reject that straight away, it's usually because I'm not ready to let go of the fact they might be right. And all of a sudden, because then I've got a new piece of information that has challenged the current belief that I'm holding onto, I mentioned attachment earlier, that I'm holding onto and refusing to let go of, I can now part with that attachment and start putting together a better plan for me in life so for example um i'm thinking about going back to college to actually study psychology because i'm actually not happy with the binge eating and body dysmorphia literature and information on a mass scale now i can't go around saying that because i've no evidence base to prove that but just my gut tells me it can be done better and i would like to be qualified and then position enough where i can i can help change that so my girlfriend has given me some input on on she thinks i'll excel but she's given me some input at, at certain things like that I'm not a shrewd businessman, for example, or that I won't be the shrewd businessman perhaps because I'm too airy-fairy, present in the clouds, I want to do travel, I, I love now too much, and I love relaxing, like I don't give a fuck when someone's like, oh you need to work 14 hours a day if you want to be a businessman, I'm like fuck off, I'm watching the Liverpool City game, um, and, and I'm aware of that, so when... When Orna says to me, you may not be the best businessman in the world in 10 years, so if you're well educated, that'd be better. I'm like, oh, she's right. And I wasn't ready to let go of that theory that I'm not the best businessman in the world. But it's true right now. And I'm not saying it won't happen, but but right now it's true. So when you get constructive input like that, the anxiousness is immediately gone because there's a weight lifted that I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not anymore. Like I'm still a, a self-employed personal trainer, but I'm a personal trainer first who just happens to be self-employed. I just happen to love PT so much that I'm I'm good at business, but I, like I'm not a salesman. Um, and then the anxiousness goals, or at least it's channeled differently because now I'm thinking, okay, what would my life look like if I was more than I am right now? What would my life look like if I was something more than I could be? I could be more what's the next step to that how could I be more I'm I'm anxious because I know there's something more in me and I'm not enough as I currently am and I don't like this movement of you're perfect as you are you're fine as you are because inherently if you say that to me and I know I'm not enough as I am I'm gone back to this state of confusion so so when I talked about projection sometimes people say project or negativity on but sometimes people give input to 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 make it momentary easier but Sometimes you need somebody like a Brian Keene or an Orla, my girlfriend, to be like, no, you're not enough as you are and you have some really, really, really bad habits. And, and, and if you fix them, your life would look a bit better. And if your life looked a bit better, you'd be a little bit less anxious because you have a little bit more faith in yourself and you would have a little bit more meaning to offset difficult times in life. And I think personally, when you talk just anxious and low emotion, or certainly what I went through personally, I was devoid of direction. I was devoid of confidence. I was devoid of motivation and they feed into one another. But unfortunately you need to push past plateaus that perhaps you didn't know you could do or ones that you've just never clearly defined yourself. Like I say this to my clients all the time. What's the reason that you're not four stone lighter? It's probably because you've never set a definitive target and a definitive, definitive measure on how you're going to get there because a, you probably don't believe you can get there, but B, you've now set the grounds for failure. At least, if you keep yourself vague and foggy, you can tell people you've been trying to lose weight for 10 months and actually believe that shit. But if you say, I want to be four stone lighter by December 2019 and you're not, you know you haven't worked hard enough and you have to take ownership for that. Unfortunately, taking ownership sucks donkey balls because there's nobody to shift the blame onto. But on the flip side, at least that anxiousness and low feeling can be channeled towards the all right, I am not enough. That person was right. My life would look better if I had a bit of a plan. My life could look a bit differently if I had this direction in life. That's going to take four years to achieve. That's going to take six weeks to achieve. That's going to take this amount of time to achieve. But I'd feel less pathetic and flawed just for having that outcome than I do right now. Um, So going back to your original question, in terms of the realms of depression, I'm skeptical just because depression itself is a crippling disease and a neurochemical disease and something I don't know first thing about. I've never suffered with it. I think depressed thoughts can be environmental. I think your job and people around you can send you into a depressed state uh, based on who you surround yourself with and the information you like cloud yourself. If I tell you you're stupid and ugly enough for the next hour, you'll eventually begin to believe it, dude. But if I give you ideas on how to build your business, you'll eventually begin to believe that too, for example. So it's just it's just what you're letting into your mind. And then in terms of anxiousness, I just think most of us know there's a lot more to us than we realize, and nobody's ever told us that. So that's kind of my two cents on it. And when you when I talked about online coaching... I gen, it sounds like I'm trying to be some cool psychology whack dude and I'm not at all. I just try and challenge my clients to wonder why they're not who they wanted to be physically for a while. Is it mental or is it genuinely that you're lazy? And if you're lazy, how are we going to be less lazy tomorrow? And while it sounds a bit hokey, sometimes it's literally something as Take 7,000 steps tomorrow instead of five and then do that for the next four weeks. and You'll probably be a pound lighter. And once the first pound goes, you'll probably do the next 10 and then you'll be perfect. Go fucking crazy. And all of a sudden it's that little... Whoop, Nobody's
0: ever said it like that before, you know? That's I, I love that. I love the whole fact that you have to take responsibility. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. They think that almost sometimes if you maybe even hire a coach or you get some side some sort of like consultant to work alongside you to grow a business, that it's just gonna happen overnight. I think oh. that's almost what's happening. That's the kind of the world that kind of we're hap- what's happening at the minute regarding the kind of the online stuff and all that kind of things that Without, they just think that this magic button is just going to happen, this four down is going to fall off them, they're going to be a six-figure entrepreneur It's going to be in the paper, It's going to have this hanging around with Kim K and Kanye, which is not going to happen. It's just, it's just the world is just... This is all just event event Like that, that sort of things angers me. That like just some people just aren't prepared to put in the graft. I know we were kind of talking offline about kind of as a PT when you gotta kind of first set out and kind of the first two years are always the most difficult because you just want to get your name out there. You're kind of you're working your ass off and stuff like that, and it is easy to burn out. Do you find that when you first started out that you had an issue or you had a struggle to kind of have the the work life balance and stuff like that? from from being in the industry for that long? Uh, personally,
1: no, I'll be totally totally, uh, see through with you. I didn't, my girlfriend lived in Dublin at the time, I lived in Galway, I worked very, very, as hard as I physically could any the work was come to me, and I, I loved it and I still do. I, I only ever kind of started to shift away from the gym floor with the foresight that I might get burned out soon, just because I'd be afraid of my quality of service diminishing, as well as for the paying customer, but also for my own reputation. Work-life balance wasn't something I struggled with because, like, you, you said it yourself, man. You think it's going to be – it's painted as entrepreneurship, like, as if we're entrepreneurs. We're personal trainers and run a little business, or at least that's the mindset I keep anyway. We're not hanging out with Kim K and we're not lying on a beach for 17 hours a day smoking weed. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a hard grind. So my, my girlfriend and my family were very supportive that if I went trying to run my own little – um, you know my own sole trader company business as a personal trainer that it was going to take longer hours than perhaps one would like like my first three clients were free I didn't charge them uh, because I didn't have the belief enough to charge them and then one of them dropped four stone I was like right I'm I'm, I'm going to try and get paying customers and, and you build up like that but you put in you have you you know yourself you have to put in the work like It's one thing to think, oh, work-life balance and it's difficult to get burned out. But I get more burned out working eight, ten hours a day in an office sitting twiddling my thumbs because I don't want to be there. And that's what did happen in my earlier and mid-twenties. So for me, no, the work-life balance isn't and hasn't been a thing. And I've only been doing this three and a half years, coming on four years um, overall. So, like, I I feel very much energetic and energized towards it. I think it comes as well from, as you get more confident, like stupid things I used to worry about, like you know does my six-pack look good are not even a thing anymore and that you can't you can't put you can't put a value on not taking that energy
0: to work with you you know yeah and i know that one of the other things that kind of struck me when you were kind of talking about say if someone says something to you and it resonates with you or something like that and i know one of the analogies out there is to say if i call you a pink elephant you're not going to get offended but if someone calls you stupid or insecure or something like that and there's a little bit of a kind of you almost put the, the blockades up straight away you're kind of like fuck you have all this have a massive argument then that's one of the things i think happens more and more i think with the kind of the the prevalence of social media seems to be coming out a little bit more that people are putting out their their lives out on social media um and they're not prepared for kind of the the backfall of it. It's all well and good getting a few likes and all that kind of stuff and being kind of willing to kind of spread your story and stuff like that. But then you do need to prepare, like we linked into it earlier about kind of the naysayers and stuff. Like you do need to almost need to be prepared for that kind of naysayer side of things. But the pink elephant thing kind of, that, that's one of those things that resonates with me a lot. And it's kind of, Made me a little bit more chill if you know what I mean like if someone's kind of saying something that is kind of constructive or they say something about oh you should be doing it this way I'll kind of go and say well I'm doing I kind of look into my head go maybe go home and kind of I say if it's something to do with the company or something like that like say if it's I'm not doing X I say the accounts or something like that the right way I'll kind of go well this works for me so why should I do it that way and then you kind of almost as you said three months later you're like oh wait that actually makes sense uh yeah. and it's just funny how the mind works the mind puts up this wall and then you somehow like it's just this little epiphany moment just works for you it's amazing how the mind works but it's so messed up and i admire you so much for going back into kind of trying to go get that education and the kind of the psychology side and stuff because i know it's it's an area that i agree with you there is more to be learned uh on that yeah. side of things so much like
1: there absolutely is, and i I'm, by no means do I have all the answers. That's for yeah. sure, and I'm not even registered to go back. It's it's just something I'm I'm just saying to you casually. It's not even I'm not even registered first. But uh, the pink elephant is so true, dude. Uh, I, it was one of the things that helped me make peace with um <clears throat> with that. I told you about the comment at fifteen. I remember I remember writing the, the blog I told you about earlier. and, yeah. and saying the, the comment landed with me just because I was vulnerable there. Like the dude wouldn't remember saying that fifteen years or thirteen years ago. Like he wouldn't have. He made one comment one time, and I held it for ten years. Um, and it sounds like, again, a cool thing to say in a podcast, but it's it's exactly analogous of that pink elephant. He, la- he made a comment that landed because I was insecure about that, because I was vulnerable there. It wasn't anything to do with him, um, except for the fact he was just a bit of a dick. Um, but other than you're right, like, he didn't say anything about my hair, or he didn't say anything about my, my nose, because they're not things I'm insecure about largely, but like your belly or your waist or your, you know, we all carry that kind of thing. And unfortunately, it's just really... it's it's hard because most people are some degree of insecure about their body anyway to be honest so you can get a nasty comment from somebody who's not particularly secure in theirs which is a whammy and then a double whammy is you're probably already slightly insecure about yours so double whammy in that front so yeah and that's why i'm trying to always try and empower and, and As best i can i'm trying to help people just see there is actually more to life than the body and you know your body is technically the least interesting thing about you like i don't look at you and think show me your abs dude this 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 will be great now Uh, lovely to meet you show me what you're made of i'm like all right tell me what you think like how do you affect other people and i i I really mean this i'm not saying this hokey when i talk to other people who are trying to drop significant weight and they're on the journey and i suspect a hint of obsession i'll just be like if somebody adopted the to see food and to see their own body image the way you currently do now and they were going to take all your habits and your son or daughter how would you feel about that and when I answered that about myself I never actually heard anyone say it it was just something I thought of if I had a daughter who treated herself the way I treat myself with food and exercise how would I feel and I was like not good that's not what I want my daughter thinking like I don't want her banking calories and doing sprints because she wants to go out and have fun I want her to be able to live life and whatever the hell she wants and feel good about herself and you know, probably be healthy on the side as well. And just not take it so bloody seriously because, you know, there really is no end destination. And When you think you're going to be perfect and what you deem perfect to be now will move when you get it because you don't appreciate it anyway because we're human, they are all flawed. we all stupid as hell. So I was just trying to get that client, get into the mindset of clients. Like if your direct food outlook, exercise outlook, and body image outlook was passed on to the one you love the most, would you be proud that they think like that now? And you'd be, be worried for half the people we know. Or at least I would. So... Hence why I'm trying to be like, Yeah, do you know what? Pink elephant, what let, let people
0: say. People are gonna comment anyway. You know, you know, stay true to your virtues, don't slump down to theirs. That that I that's that's amazing. It's so insightful and I hope that helps the, the kind of the people that are listening to this and stuff like that. And one of the things you kinda of mentioned that you're you're very lucky that you have Orla, you're very lucky you have your parents and stuff like that. And kind of in relation to kind of this leads into the next one about the support network. I know that when I fell into the dark place I fell into after I got sick and stuff like that I gave up the booze and it just ha- so happens it happens that like you find out who your true kind of circle of friends are uh, and you were kind of maybe you were kind of hanging around with people that maybe weren't their, interests weren't, their, their interest wasn't into you, into you. It was kind of more into kind of the socialising, going out and doing all sorts on kind of a Friday or Saturday or Sunday night or whatever it may be. And like the, the support network has been amazing for me. I've been very lucky. I have a great group of friends from school. I have my parents. My parents have been my rock. I've got my brother. I know he's literally just walked out the door going back to London now. Probably won't see him for another year because he never comes home and stuff like that. But he's always on the other end of the phone if I need him. Um, and I I, I hope, you, you know, like I was saying there about you have a great support network and stuff like that. But do you, is there anything that you kind of feel yourself that you kind of had to kind of go out to your network, or is there any kind of threat, kind of not circum, what's the word, um, criteria that you have for someone that's kind of like for your network, if that makes any sense, or what to look out for? I just always say,
1: man, if someone. I'm similar to you. I have great college friends, some couple of school friends I still keep in touch with, and then the immediate people that are just in your day-to-day life. I'm similar to you. Very lucky. Just any good person, man. Any good person. Anyone who wants to talk about life. Anybody who wants to discuss some ideas. I don't want to talk about people. You know, I don't want to talk about small-minded things. I just want to talk about ideas and progression and life and travel and a little bit of ambition. Like I had a yoga teacher in Barcelona, and she... She was awesome. I really, really, I, I dislocated my shoulder the day after I met her after our first yoga session. I couldn't go again. And I was so good at because we. she actually was We did it on the beach and she used to bring fruit salad. And then anyone that came to the yoga, we just sat on the beach and chatted about life and her travel aspirations and our ambitions. And she's a great person. She, she now moved back to Chile since. And I, I'm here in Ireland. And I'll I, I, through Instagram, I'll keep in touch with her for the, probably the rest of my life. Um, cause she, she's a lovely person. There's also another personal trainer I met over there and he's a good guy too. <clears throat> and he, again, he just so focused on himself. Really nice guy. I didn't have a lot of Spanish and he was still very nice to me. Just anybody with a good kind soul dude who, who, who wants to, like, I, 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 I love going into life with the mindset that, okay, I'm probably flawed. I'm probably biased. I'm probably need to be humbled in some way. And I probably need to be less stupid tomorrow than I am today. And I love finding people who kind of not think directly like that because they don't go around self-deprecating by any means, but I think it's a nice mindset to hold so you don't ever get carried away in what you know or get attached. So I like people that are just, like, we go in for a discussion, me and you. There's no point going into a discussion if we're so close-minded that we can't possibly come around to see the other person's viewpoints. Like, if me and you differ on ideas, um, let's say you think CrossFit's better than weight training, and I think weight training's better, if I don't possibly... Think I might come away thinking there's a one percent chance that CrossFit holds more benefits over weights. The conversation's pointless. So I just like a good person, open minded, can have conversation, can respectfully disagree. Like I love when Brian offers me input because he's smarter than me in business, and um, he'll offer me sometimes, and I'll go, Brian, I respectfully disagree. I'm going to decline this information. Do not stop offering it to me though. This is just the one time I'm not going to listen to you. And I'll say that something like that to Brian, or I'll say something like that to Orla, and it's the lines of communication are open, they'd say it back to me if I offer input that's not, he, he did at that time. Um, and, and if you're in a position and you're listening to this where you don't have a good friend network, I honestly, what, what are a godsend for me anytime I'm by myself is when you find books and audiobooks and YouTube videos of people who have the mindset that you'd love to aspire to, Listen to it and consume it. And if you get a chance, DM them on Instagram. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking here because we exchanged a couple of DMs on Instagram. You don't know who's actually more open to having a bit of banter and a bit of chat and a bit of conversation or even a coffee. I reached out to Pat Dively, always Pat Dively, three years ago for a bit of advice. And I just asked him a question on Instagram. I was blown away when he offered to meet me for two hours over coffee when I asked him. Um, you just don't know who's willing to help you even just an hour or two hours that might actually blow open your horizon to think for the rest of your entire life. And, and for me, there's no criteria. It's not that I'm better than you. We can't be friends. Cause I think people who think like that are kind of dicks. Um, it's just more of a, you can't force chemistry and you can't force a bond. And if it's there, it will be there. Like misery loves company. So that's why negative people tend to flock together. But I actually think positivity loves you too, man. I think, I think there's a reason me and you were here chatting. And I think there's a reason that, say, anybody who reaches out to us on social media reaches out to us because something we've said has resonated with them. And whether it's, you know, I'm kind of flawed and pathetic and useless, but i am decided not to be too insecure about it and try and master my life as best I can. You know, other people might go, oh, I thought everybody who had a job they liked or who had such and such a thing, you know, was just perfect and had no insecurities. Like, I got a guy yesterday, yesterday messaged me on DM. He saw my summer holiday pictures. Like, I'm not. I'm, I keep myself quite lean. And I put up a picture from summer holidays, just just Joe it was actually satirical. I love a bit of sarcasm. And he just asked me had I had I had any bodily insecurities and he almost took a bit of happiness in the fact that I told him, Yes, of course I do. And I was like, But if you want my advice, let go of that shit, man, because if I get fat or if I get shredded, you're still look the exact same way you do. It doesn't matter. Let go of it because you seem to be hinging some of your security on how I look, which is useless and worthless. And and it's a bit of a harsh thing to tell someone, but if you can find somebody that kind of You know, punches you with the truth as opposed to kisses you a red lipstick with a lie. Um, I think those people are gold. I really do. And if you find yourself getting advice that you're not, that you're getting really like defensive about, stop. Don't input. Just go home and stew and think for 15 minutes. Why? Am I right? Or is it possible I'm stupid and I've never thought about this the other way? And it's probably that we're stupid and we've never thought about it the other way. So that's my two cents anyway on having a good relationship. (laughs)
0: No, as I know, I know, I think, I'm not sure who it was, I'm not sure if it was Brian or someone else on some podcast there saying that you can't really go into an argument if you can't kind of argue both sides. Um, yeah, that's a Brian line. When
1: he yeah. said it to me a couple of years back, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But I was like, oh, hang on, no,
0: you're being an idiot again. <laughs> he, he's like, a, he's one big meme factory, that Brian lad. He just yeah. he just has these one liners these little anecdotes that he just he knows exactly how to how to pitch it across to everyone which is which is awesome that's why he's so successful Um and then yeah, what he's, he's a machine Brian, Brian's a great influence he he, re, he really has been a fantastic influence on me he he's a mean machine like you say but he abides it which is the big thing yeah and exactly and he li- and he lives by it as well it's not all kind of living behind kind of the whole social media thing but he actually does go out and do it himself like when he heard, when i met him and he was talking about his day-to-day schedule i was like how are you looking still for so fresh from getting up at 4 a.m in the morning to do this for the whole day talk about everything to do with your business and then he in fairness to him he sat down with me for an hour on his lunch to go through my business uh and kind of say you need to do x y and z he was the one that told me to do this podcast and for him to go out of his way to kind of sit down with me who he who he's met once before in dublin and to co- go out of his way has meant a lot and uh and that's why i kind of i resonate with brian a lot and I have so much respect for what he's doing and, and i and i know you you're you're very friendly with him you know him a lot better than i do um, so it, I,
1: doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me he did that. He's done it for me quite often. Yeah, I mean Brian's one of my best friends now. Like it started, we just we kind of half knew each other a few years back, but it's just it's, we challenge each other. I, I like to think like he's been a business mentor to me, but I like to think if you ask him, he tell you that I challenge him a lot. Like I put him on the spot and I make him try and think of smarter answers to stupid things. Yeah,
0: I I yeah. I, I I can resonate with that. I have one of my mates who kind of rings up the odd time looking for like answers to his kind of problems and some of them like, for him are sometimes they may be if i ask him something he be like that's like he knows exactly what i'm meaning or what i'm trying to say he but i don't even know what i'm trying to say if that makes any sense i say that's how you and brian work off each other as well like it's it's when you have when you have that kind of relationship with someone it's very hard to let it go and it's it's important not to let it go if you can um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And it can be sought. It can be uh, I mean it's easy for me to say but there might be people listening that don't have that in their life and and, and to me the answer to that is genuinely consume I said it already but I can't put a put emphasis enough, consume content towards people of the mindset you wish to have because that's the number one tell to attracting people then with the same mindset into your immediate life. You're certainly not going to attract people into your life if you're you're negative and you're complaining mopey little feature if if you are positive and you smile, and you don't have to be the smartest or most ambitious person in the world, but if you've got a bit of positivity to you, you gravitate towards those kind of people. I know I certainly do. Like like who the hell am I? But at
0: the same time, I gravitate towards positivity and happiness more than anything in the world. That's amazing. And then one kind of the, the last point, kind of, kind of, kind of talk about is it. kind of I know there's kind of this whole thing of that it's only what the fourth of January. There's kind of the whole uh, new year, new me kind of. Setting out resolutions and stuff like doing. Well, the podcast like that. was your resolution, wasn't it? It was kind of one of those resolutions, and I know before I kind of I'd kind of some resolutions, but I kind of after taking a little bit of time off in December and meeting with Brian and stuff like that, I was kind of like, you know, what? I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, and that was one of the things that I was going to set myself. So I've set myself about three tasks, which is to go to three or four seminars this year, to go over to back over to Thailand, which I have booked for April. Two and a half weeks in Thailand, do unit 27, going to do that for 10 days and then go over in racks for four days in PP before coming back to the clients, which is I can't wait for. Uh, and then getting out of my comfort zone, which is going to continue doing the podcast. And the other thing was reaching out to people who I haven't met before, but who um i kind of been listening to or watching or kind of following for a while they may not may not know me from adam but the likes of yourself and whoever is going to be coming on the the nearby future like it's amazing that you're kind of taking your time out to do this f- oh. to kind of spread spread the word you have
1: um you have a terrific radio voice you really do you have a terrific uh, i was thinking that as soon as you pressed that's on the on the air, or press record, or whatever. i was like, oh, this guy's like This
0: feels like a radio station. You've a fantastic. I think I don't know if it's the Dublin accent or what it is. but... One of my I think clients the is a strong medium for you because you have a nice interview style, but the voice. So. One of my clients has said that to me as well. But I thought she was just taking the piss because she's from Mona so she has a little bit of a heavy accent. I thought she was just taking the piss out of my Southside accent. But no, uh, not at
1: all. Not at all. I'm, I'm listening, thinking this fucker needs to keep the podcast because I I nearly feel you could.
0: It could be on a radio station, for all I know. So that's a good piece. Of I appreciate that. For you. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. Uh, so, like with the kind of the getting out of your comfort zone and stuff, I know when you've kind of you've done the the bodybuilding, you've done the going up, getting the fake tan on, shaving the legs, all that kind of stuff. Is there in and you've kind of moved over to Barcelona and I know Orla was kind of teaching and stuff like that back in Ireland. Is there anything that you've kind of set out for yourself in the next little while, either business or personally, or is there any recommendation that you'd kind of say to someone about kind of dealing with that kind of thing? Um, I think we should all just
1: have tangible targets. Um, I didn't set myself any rock solid resolutions. There's a few things that I always want to do, just because like, it is a new year, I guess. I just want to continue to try and move forward with the same trajectory. Um... I want to continue to build some good relationships. I do want to live back in Barcelona again. Um, if I'm back in college this year, it's obviously going to be September 2019. So there's that. Uh, but no, you know, I'm not one of these whiteboard, vision board kind of characters. It's just not me. Um, it I, might maybe smarter people than me do it, and, and 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 more successful people than me definitely do it, and they'll tell you it's the best thing ever. It's just not who I am. I, I don't really have anything directly. I'm just. I love the direction life is heading in right now, and. I just want to keep going like that that's literally it back in barcelona for the summer is a must but if it was 2022 i'd be thinking the same thing like it's just it's just more the fact it'll be sunny in june and july it's nothing to do with the new year so um yeah that's that's about as it goes i i I don't worry too much about resolutions i heard a very funny line that your new year's resolution is really only your to-do list for the next five days um, which I was thought was kind
0: of funny. That is that um, is that that is quite apt and I think that's why I probably have done it before. I've booked everything before the fourth uh, to kind of like it, it is true. Like that's why I went out and did it probably before the fourth. It's weird See, that you said that. That's
1: what I love. You've committed. You've absolutely committed. The night I decided I was going to move to Barcelona, I um, I said to a girl to my girlfriend Dora, I was like, babe, what do you think of finally moving to Spain? Because she came with me for the first three months, but then she was teaching here, and and she was like, when? And I said, the summer. And she was, yeah, I'd be up for that. So. Without even asking her, I literally just said, "Right, if I don't do it, I'll talk myself out of it." And I booked flights and accommodation. That evening. I was like, "Right, we're going," and she was like, "Already?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was, "Babe, you're on a provisional driving license for nine years and putting off your tests, but you have Barcelona booked within ten minutes." And I was like, eh, you know, if we if we if we keep putting it off, Barcelona will become the driving test." So,
0: uh, <laughs> fair play. Like I I I, <laughs> I, I, I admire the whole thing. Uh, I. Just, it's kind of potentially in the pipeline about doing something like that but i think i need to kind of hone the craft a little bit more in dublin and stuff like that so that's that that's the plan and kind of work on the podcast and getting the name out and getting the brand out and like as you know it's got it's all about kind of building a brand and building the voice to kind of the name and stuff like that and like pt is all about kind of the kind of personal style and all that kind of thing and kind of referrals and stuff like that. And that's kind of one of the the main reasons I kind of want to do the podcast is kind of almost try to try to put output my, the stuff I've had to deal with. And that's why I kind of get other people out because everyone has a different story. And that's what I've kind of, no one person is the same, whoever I've come across either from work or from being a PT or be uh, like from dealing with clients not one person is the same it's it's so strange that we're all so different but we're all the exact same at the same time it's so strange
1: it is man and it's funny you say that because you you took the words out of my mouth dude it's like there's like three problems you deal with as a personal trainer really but like there's a hundred manifestations of those three problems you get like you know dietary adherence eating too much shit and you know being too lazy but there's just for, for, for such like three or four problems that we all kind of have suffer with when we go to a PT, there's
0: like a million different manifestations. No story of why is the same as you say yourself. Yeah, and everyone's everyone's reason for starting is different, but then their reason for they start at the same time is the exact same. They've had some epiphany, they've seen some photo, they've seen, they've had that some health care. The, the moment, yeah. as I call it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's gas how that kind of, as you said, when when someone calls you a pink elephant or something, someone kind of has been calling you something for so long. That could be their moment while they start, and it's 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 amazing to see from when you kind of get someone in through the door that some of them maybe kind of have a little bit lower self esteem, and then you they kind of kind of either twelve weeks or six months or one year down the line that they're still with you and they're a completely different human, and that like that I I I only opened up that that card before. Uh, we came on air today and like it's it, it touched me a lot that she's taken the effort to go out and do that and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that I've been some part of way to kind of help her if that makes any sense yeah no it makes
1: perfect sense and I totally agree with you dude
0: um. so i appreciate everything paul uh, i think we've covered most of things and we've kind of gone off on random tangents which i was expecting to happen anyway so uh we've kind of oh geez it's over an hour already so i appreciate you coming on paul i wish you the best of luck with kind of the move going over to barcelona uh hope the business still continues to grow on the online side of things that the pt side going back in galway works out for you and uh i really appreciate you coming on and we'll uh we'll chat soon
1: Dude, likewise on the business front and um thank you so much. It's been it's been really
0: fun to talk, man. Perfect. Thank you very much, Paul. Talk to you soon. Yeah, talk soon, dude.